Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously to run and pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Ian Mogget. Ian is very near and dear to my heart because he is the artistic director of Theater by the Bay. I mean, he's near and dear to my heart because he's a wonderful friend and I really, really enjoy spending time with him and all the incredible things he's doing. He's a great person, but he's near and dear to my heart because of his job as artistic director at Theater by the Bay. Theater by the Bay is an incredible theater company up in Barrie, Ontario, and I have been very privileged to be a part of two of their productions this summer and the summer prior through the Simcoe County Theater Festival that Theater by the Bay puts on. Ian is an incredible human being. He's an award-winning director, producer, actor, theater educator. He is just incredible. And I am so excited that he took some time out of his very, very busy life doing these wonderful multi-hyphenate things that he does to share his story. And for those of you who don't know, we touch on what actually an artistic director is. And I think this is so important because we did not go to theater school. We don't know what these people do in the artistic creative world, especially the theaters, theater world. So we touch on what actually he does. And there is an incredible production coming out right around the airing of this episode that he is involved in. It's called Iceman. Everyone go check it out. Go on up to the Barrie area. It's really easy to get up to Barrie from Toronto, folks. You just get on the GO train from Union and you're literally right there. It's not that far away. And it's a beautiful time of year to spend up near the lake. So head on up. Please support Theatre by the Bay. They are so near and dear to my heart. They were the way of getting back into the theatre world for me. And I love them very, very much. And oh, please enjoy the incredible Ian Mogget. Was the opening of Bobby. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Right. A really wonderful response uh, from from people. I mean, you know, the the, it, it, the Jewish community really came out for it, you know, in terms of both sponsoring the show, but mm. just just their enthusiasm for the project last night was infectious. And yeah, there were great speeches after like Bobby Roosevelt's beast was there. Oh, said a few words. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, that's really one of the the powerful things about what we do, right? Is like the Puchet's local stories. It's like in some cases those people are alive or their family members are alive and uh and so opportunities like that just really make a show feel bigger than a show. It's it's a community event, you know. Um and that's awesome and brings really cool moments. Absolutely. And I think what's really neat about it all, I think so often we especially people who are big theater people they always think of theater as like, you know, going to see Hamilton or a, a big Mervish production, which is so fabulous and great. But there's such uh, that divide between like the stage and the audience. And to have kind of like, a well, I think also the Five Points Theater is very cool in the fact that you feel like you're right there immersed with the artist. But to have something like that building community 
and it just almost being like interactive because you know these people are their families are still alive like that just really i think it broadens the definition in people's experiences with theater i think in the past which is so cool oh absolutely so you know the whole way this came about was because when i first got involved with the company um we were doing a lot of survey because theater by the bay was feeling kind of lost we didn't really know what way to go Um, So we did all these surveys and we kind of uncovered two major takeaways. The first was that people came out to see shows because they had some familiarity with the material and they came out because they knew someone involved. (laughs) So, you know, so in terms of that, it was like, okay, well, you know, that means you can go kind of one of two ways. Either you do mainstream popular stuff, but the other way is to do stuff that's incredibly specific to your audience that they may have some familiarity with or about or have thought about or whatever, right? So, like, for instance, Bobby and Bobby Rosenfeld, like, those who know who she is are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're doing a show about her. And then those who don't come to see the show and they go, she was from Barry? Like, how did I never hear about this person? So, uh, and and that really carved the the path forward and i think made us really unique so yeah like you know in terms of audiences in simcoe county they can go down to toronto to go see hamilton they can go see you know some of the best shakespeare in the world two hours away or whatever so what can we offer well what we can offer is shows about people like bobby mary o'brien with mary of shanty bay and then do other things that sort of foster the community, help support local artists that are living in the area, like the Simcoe County Theatre Festival. And that's sort of where we live. And it's a, it's a great lane to, to be at. Yeah. So tell me your story. How did you wind up where you are here and now with Theatre by the Bay? Sure. So, uh, you know, uh, like many uh, people, I was a theatre kid. You know, I I was acting since I was in kindergarten. Uh, You know, I had my first sort of big show when I was 11. Um, And it was that show. It was King John. I was Prince Arthur in Shakespeare's King John. And um, uh, and, you know, basically that show was like, okay, I'm going to be in theater forever. Uh, So, you know, I went to the uh, the arts high school in Ottawa called Canterbury. Um, you know, I, I did a degree, uh, at Carleton in history cause I tried to like get out, but then theater was just what I needed to do. And then as soon as I started doing it again, it was like my soul clicked back into place. Uh, so I went to George Brown theater school, uh, and then, uh, in our third, in my third year at George Brown, this guy named Alex Doe, who was the artistic director of theater by the Bay at the time, uh, came into our business of acting class. And he was like, hey, I'm launching this program called the Indie Producer Co-op, which is specifically for George Brown graduating students. Uh, And basically, it's a six-week intensive in theater producing where you'll come up to Barry and help us produce a show and learn and we'll have guest instructors and stuff. So I knew arts leadership was something that I wanted to do eventually. Like artistic director was on the horizon for me. So I was like, this is the program. You know, I, I, I have to do it. There's no other choice. Like, this is destiny uh, knocking at the door. So I applied. Of course, I got into the program and I came to Barry for the first time. I'd never been to Barry before. And we were working on this show called The Nine Mile Portage, which was like a walking tour show along the bay. It was 
Theater by the Bay's like first ever local story production. Uh, you know, and there were like sailboats on the water and I, and I was like by the water every day and was like, oh my gosh, this place is awesome. So once the, once the co-op was done, you know, I told Alex, like, if you ever need anything, I'm your guy. And within a few weeks, he offered me an associate producer uh, job on a show that they were doing. But then through some sort of crazy circumstances, shall we say, uh, they ended up needing someone to actually be the general manager of the company. So um, I was at this wedding <laughs> and I get this phone call from Alex being like, hey, do you want to move up to Barry and be the general manager? And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I was like shaking at this, you know, reception at the wedding. Anyway, so uh, I took some time to think about it, but I felt, you know, I knew arts management was the way I wanted to go eventually. But obviously the universe is saying it has to be now, like get into it now kind of thing. So I did. I moved up to Barrie and uh, I, you know, I've been at the top of the company in various different sort of capacities basically ever since. Um, And then when Alex stepped down from being artistic director in 2018, uh, I became artistic director and that's the job that I have now. For people who don't know, what is an artistic director? That's a great question. So the artistic director, uh, well, it kind of depends on the size of the company, but in theory and sort of in generality, I suppose, um, the artistic director is the person who determines the artistic programming for the company is often involved. So that means like choosing the shows, uh, hiring playwrights to write shows for future seasons, like all that kind of stuff. But then is also often quite involved in um, hiring. So, you know, choosing the directors, the designers on projects, uh, that sort of thing. And then often they'll be creatively involved in the season themselves. So Mm -hmm. typically as a director. Um, And that's, that's, that's kind of what I do. But You know, on top of that, again, depending on the size of the company, they can do everything from being involved in fundraising and grant writing and, you know, daily operations according to to their to their need. And Theater by the Bay is by by, like not a large company by any means. So I I'm very much involved in in every aspect of the company, which is fine. I like that. You know, I I like writing grants um, for the most part. I like writing (laughs) grants. I don't mind fundraising. Uh, I love marketing. So like having my hands and all that that kind of stuff is great. Um, but then also they're responsible for sort of choosing the 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 direction. Like, you know, what is the company five years from now? What do we want to look like? What sort of art do we want to make? And those conversations I find really, really fun. So yeah. that's kind of an overview of this sort of thing. So take me back to your choice your choices and your mindset. You said such a wonderful thing about like your soul, what was fed your soul. The mindset from like arts high school to Carleton to then saying, I need to do theater. What was going on? Well, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'd done this arts uh, high school pro- intensive program in theater and I loved it. But I guess, I don't know, there was that part of me that was like, should I be a bit more practical? Like, you know, my both my parents are, are teachers. My dad's a professor. And, uh, you know, and I, I sort of, I could have, at the time, I saw myself potentially going that sort of direction as well. I, 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 I've always had a, a strong 
passion for history and political science and philosophy and um, and like English, like read. I'm a, I, I was an avid, avid reader, um, you know, so so those sorts of things interested me. Um, so I thought I would go that that way. But I don't know, just the draw of theater just ended up being too much. And and I and it really felt like, yeah, there was part of my myself missing without it. But fortunately, the program that I went into at Carleton, which was uh, the College of Humanities, which ended up being it was it was this four year program that kind of touched on everything. So like, I've read the whole Bible. I've read the Bhagavad Gita. I've read, you know, I've read Dante, all of Dante. I've read, you know, like Plato. I've read all these things um, that most people never get to engage with at all. Um, I got the chance to do. So when I went to theater school and George Brown was very classical in its training, you know, there'd be all these references to things and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. So it has been infused into what I've done. I haven't lost by any means the learning that I did there, but it's just that I'm applying it to art and to self-expression um, and that, that you know, even just, and also just the ability to write an essay is very helpful in arts management, you know, how to craft a sentence, how to end a paragraph, you know, how to convey an idea, um, how to read text like a text more than once and know how to kind of critically analyze it. All those things I learned from Carlton and I apply to my daily life. So certainly not lost time, but yeah, my everything's aligned now, uh, which is what you want in life. So totally. And do you think because there's so much of what theater by the Bay does that is like, not just like, here's some historical work, like here's parts of our history, but it's like, do you think that comes a lot from from you and what you enjoy? Because there's so much joy in what you're bringing to theater by the Bay. And it's also historical. There's kind of this lovely, it's exciting, but it's also like, hey, we're also getting a history lesson here. I mean, it's the uh, Alex, uh, the former AD, was the same. He also mm. was a huge history history buff. But in terms of and also, I don't know, I guess on some level, it's it's a little bit easier to do local stories if you're drawing from something that's already happened as opposed to making things up from scratch entirely. Um, but that said, you know, uh, yeah, so certainly that. But I also love the contemporary things like this is a very historical season this year. But next year, it's two very contemporary, completely original shows. Um, but you know, also if you look, if you look at some of the productions that I have done and will be doing, it's very political. Uh, and mm. it, so I don't know, there's, there's that influence. Yeah. Now, when you were at George Brown, was there, or, or any time in your life, I should say, was there ever a thought of saying, okay, I love the acting parts and that's solely what I want to focus or well, how did you bring how did you figure out that you wanted to do more arts management or was it always there? I mean, it was so it's kind of a funny story. I mean, George Brown was a straight up acting program. There was no room or time for anything else in theory. Um, but on the first day at George Brown, you know, when we all go to the bar after a first day, <laughs> one of my classmates comes up to me and she's like, I have a theory about. You. And I was like, OK. And she was like, you're a director. aren't?" You? <laughs> and I was what? like. 
how did you know? She was like, I just know. I just got all five with you right away that you're more than just an actor. And I was like, yeah, actually, ironically enough, I've done like increasingly more directing and less acting before I came here. But yeah, I want to do both. Um, so yeah. And then also I was crazy. Like in second year at George Brown to my, uh, well, one of my really, really good friends um, asked me to direct a show that he was working on with a friend of his. Um, while I was studying full-time at George Brown. So I would finish George Brown and then go and direct at night. And it was bananas. <laughs> totally, totally bananas. Um, but it was awesome. And I got to flex that muscle and apply some of the things that I'd been learning, which was <laughs> great. Um, but then also in, in, in our third year, one of our teachers, uh, uh, Jeanette, she caught on to the fact that I w- would be a good director and so she kind of built a role for me in one of our grad shows that she was directing to be basically like the assistant director just under a slightly different name because she couldn't have that without like, I don't know, equity probably being. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Um, so, yeah. So I ended up kind of assistant directing one of the, the grad shows that you're at and Dirty, which was, which was cut. Yeah. You know, I love acting. I do. Um, but I don't know. As I've gotten older, um, I, I feel like it's nice to have the job done at opening night and then I just kind of enjoy. So <laughs> now what is it about theater that draws you so much and not so much film and television? Was there a decision to go one path or the other? Oh, good question. Uh, I don't know if it was ever, I don't know. I just, I, I think I, I've been a theater kid my whole life, certainly. So that's where I've invested a lot of my creative life and imagination. Um, so I haven't really thought too much about film and TV, to be honest. But I, I don't know. I mean, from my perspective, just the ability, like the fact that theater is live and in the moment, the fact that, um, you know, the actors can be finding things all the way past closing night in some cases you know i think all that stuff is is uh really special about it i love that theater is something that is transient like you got to see it while it's up you know or potentially you may never see it like there's something kind of magical and beautiful in that um i mean who knows maybe one day i might get into to tv and film and certainly you know uh the way like theater Canadian theaters in a bit of a rough shape. So probably having um, the uh, flexibility to do multiple, to be engaged in multiple industries is probably healthier for one's career right now. But um, I don't know. It's just, it's where it's where my, when I, when I, you know, read a book, when I, you know, look at an art, when I hear a news story, when I, you know, when I engage with people, it's just a, how is this, how could this be a play is the first thing that kind of comes to my mind. And I don't know. So I think it, that tells me I'm in the right lane right now. Yeah. What, what, I know this is such a loaded question, but like, what is it about theater that really feeds your soul? Like what, what if, what is it? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, when I think of, those early days, you know, like in high school, even before then, just the fact that 
it's a group of people who may not know each other very well, come from all different, you know, lives and stories coming together to make something that's in our case with theater by the Bay never happened before Mm -hmm. that there's no roadmap for per se beyond kind of just best practices. Um, it's really written you, and you have no idea even up to opening night how people are going to take it. Like, you know, it's it's just it's I think it's one of the most powerful art forms in the world in that respect. And, you know, certainly because of like all of the increasing digitalization, which has its pros. But I think it's the it like the community that fosters that liveness i think is really intangible mm-hmm. and um i don't know potentially could also protect us in this ai age you know it's like you can't you literally can't digitize an actor on the stage going through something in the moment um so i don't know all those things are very powerful to me and keep me going Totally. Oh my gosh. I just remember I had a conversation with someone about that exact thing who came to see my show at at the Simcoe County Theater Festival this year and she hadn't been to the theater in forever. And it was one of those things where like, okay, fine, Janet will come see your show, right? You know? (laughs) And she said something very similar. Like there's nothing she'd forgotten the experience of sitting in the audience watching someone on stage. And she's like, I kind of was taken out of it a bit because I kept forgetting that I wasn't watching a TV show that I was streaming in my basement that I could just press pause. And that these were actual people like sweating and laughing and, you know, doing this for me on stage. And she's like, it's it's so visceral. And I was like, yeah, it's it's anthropologically what we're meant to be doing, right? As people passing on stories in our lives. And I think there's no way that AI will ever take that away from us because we need it so much as humans. And I think, you know, there's the potential that we'll need it even more oh, honey, as we increase it. But I, I will also say, I mean, uh, you know, the like just we just opened Bobby last night and the experience of watching, you know, Bobby Rosenfeld's niece watch the show. Like how can, like, there's nothing like that, you know, watching a family member, you know, experience an actor's take on their fan, like someone who they knew so well and grew up with. Like, yeah, it's really, it, it, that can't be captured when you're watching a Netflix documentary at home, you know? Yeah. And that, so to touch a bit on the Simcoe County Theatre Festival, you know, I've been involved the past two years. And what struck me so much last year, and again this year, of course, but last year being the first, was me still being fairly new to this industry. I had never had the chance to actually speak to the person who wrote the words that I was saying. And having, so I was in Megan's play, and having Megan Adam like come up to me with like tears streaming down her face, being like, I can't believe I'm seeing what I like literally her blood, sweat and tears and soul is on this page now coming to life. And she's like, I the I'll never forget that moment. It just struck me to be like, I am saying these words that you wrote. 
all these auditions that I do and like, yeah, the film and TV stuff is wonderful. But here's the literal playwright that I can talk to. And she sees that on the stage. Like what? That is just what a, oh, it sounds so corny. What a blessing, right? <laughs> what a joy. The whole Simcoe County Theater Festival came about because when I did move to Barry in 2015, I was like, okay, you know, where are the indie theaters? Because that's what I'm from. Like, that was uh, when I was from. I was like, where's the indie theaters? Oh, there aren't any? Like, okay, well, where's the Fringe Festival? Oh, there isn't one? The whole county. Like, so, you know, basically, as soon as I became artistic director and I was building kind of the five, the first five-year plan the company had ever had, one of the things where I was like, we've got to get a festival going for emerging theater makers. So people like yourself, you know, diving into this industry, people like Megan writing her first, you know, full, well, one of her first full length plays. Like these are the kinds of things that this community needs to bridge that gap. Because when I got here, there was like, you could get potentially hired by theater by the bay, potentially hired by talk is or he did community theater, which doesn't pay at all, you know? So then <laughs> there was nothing in between that. And then, of course, on top of that, it's like we love the Five Points Theater, but it's prohibitively expensive for, for any kind of startup company. Hmm. The City of Barrie's granting program, which is one of the only ones in the area, they, you know, their granting program just doesn't have the capacity to support new companies coming up. So... Hmm. It was kind of like we. This is exactly what we what we needed, and I made it my mission to get this festival off the ground for moments like that to happen. Oh no, for for those kinds of connections. And did you know Megan before? Nope. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like you know, you Janet and Aurelia and Megan from Barry, like coming together for the first time ever to make something, and now you're like you're connected, your friends. Like yeah, you know, it's great. I love it. I love it so much, and I think it's one of my proud. It's, you should be so beyond proud. It made me and made others, I think, just so, so happy. Like it was, and then, so uh, something I'll always remember is that the Barry Arts Awards this last year, there were a bunch of politicians there, as there always are. And somebody made some great comment about how, like, Barry's not just a hockey town. And I was like, yes. I remember when I moved to Aurelia, too, being like, where are the artists? Oh, here they are. They're in like a little hidden pocket. But once you find them, you're like, oh, my gosh, look at all these people who, you know, especially now that there's more and more people moving into Simcoe County, you know, not everyone wants to play hockey and lacrosse, right? There's so and people I remember the Arts Awards, this one man talking, saying when he was growing up, he didn't feel like he had a place in Barry because he wanted to do theater and he didn't want to play hockey. And that's what boys did. Uh, that just, it just struck me so much. So what you're building, like it's just going to grow and grow and grow and then have the space for people to grow with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a, a puzzle piece we've been needing for a long, long time. And I can't wait to see where it grows. Like who knows? Why does it have to be in Barry? Could it not rotate to different cities in Simcoe County every year? You know, like, like, let's get people out. You know, we should. Yeah. And, and, 
you know, or potentially tour them. Like we do mm-hmm. a week in Barrie, a week at the Opera House in Aurelia, a week in the Midland Culture. Like the potential for it is limitless. It just needed to start. And now it's yes. Uh, yeah. Since coming into more of an arts management theater space, has there been anything that has surprised you just about this industry in general? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the biggest the biggest thing is just uh, there is way less money. Mm-hmm. It, like across the board that mm-hmm. people can possibly imagine is a way, way harder for companies uh, to grow than you can, you would ever expect, you know, like, and um, yeah, it's, it's really, really challenging. I mean, you know, with like the Ontario arts council, for instance, like their maximum project grant is $20,000. The average theater by the Bay production is like eighty to one hundred and twenty thousand, depending on the size of the show. That's like a fifth of the whole show comes with the main government source to support the arts in our province. So, and then that, and that's not including like month of staff. That's not including like office expenses stuff. So, yeah, I think that's been a real shock to the system. Um, where it's just there and and as a result of that sort of limited financial capacity across the board you've got to be laser focused with their priorities otherwise you will just be dismissed right off the bat hmm. and that's tough because you know you a, a project may come along that makes sense to us but just doesn't make sense like our community but may not make sense in the broader scheme of things and there's no room for for that kind of um synergy and if that makes sense yeah. uh so that that's been a that's probably been one of the hardest lessons um yeah and it's led to some pretty challenging times for the company over, over the years that i've been here but like and we've kind of gotten over that we've gotten better at at proving how you know a production about whatever the ice industry and berry like has national significance and stuff um but it's, uh, yeah, that, those were, there, there were some kicks in the pants in the early years to be like, oh my God, this is so much harder to get money than I thought it was. Like, you know, so, but that's just experience, time and experience teaching. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's because, and the reason why this is on the forefront of my brain is because the podcast episode that just released today, the, the gentleman who I was speaking to, it was all, we were talking a lot about about the importance of art in our culture and how sometimes we feel that what we're doing is not important, like compared to like, you know, like practice medicine. Right. Um, and he was very much like art is the most important thing. It's literally the only thing for legacy that we have is the storytelling that we pass on through our generations, whether or not it's, you know, Bobby Iceman, stuff like that, or, you know, me passing down a story to my little niece about what I did for breakfast the other day. And do you feel like there's been a change at all in your time where, at least for me, it feels like everything, like the first thing to get cut in everything, schools, the government is the arts, right? Because it's seen as frivolous and as other, when really I think it is, yeah, of course, things like housing and healthcare, that those are important, but like what pushes legacy on as a culture is the art. 
I mean, absolutely. Uh, I would I would just sort of add that it's because I think it's more about the fact that governments need tangible results. We need a hospital wing because hospital wings do X, Y, and Z. Right. right. Um, meanwhile, the impact of art, for the most part, is intangible. Yeah. You know, where it's like, Great how do you, like for a youth getting involved in an acting class and discovering who they are? Lovely, feel-good story, but not a tangible impact measure that the hmm. government can, can report in the next election. Like a number stat. Exactly. Yes. So, so I think that's that's pro- that's part of the problem. Right. You know, and and so it really just comes down to the community. But, you know, that said, if you collect enough of those stories and if you can get enough people rallied around the case for the arts, then governments do listen to that. Hmm. You know, I'm reminded of when the city of Barrie tried to cancel the lease on the Georgian theater, which is one of the two theaters in town during the pandemic as a um, cost-cutting measure. And the community impact, like the community rallied around that are that case to the point that the, the CAO of the city had to apologize during a council meeting because they messed up so bad. Like, you know, then so, so like there's a case to be made, but, you know, it's just, it, I recognize the challenge. And like, there was a weird year, Janet. So the first year that we, that Theatre by the Bay was nominated for not-for-profit of the year, we were, uh, for the Berry Business Awards, we were up against like the hospice and like, you know, uh, youth haven. And like, I, I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh God, I hope we don't win. <laughs> If you know the hospice is up the hospital, like and they we win, it's like that's front, you know, that'll not be a good look. I need to like, build that into my speech somehow, where it's like, thanks. I think the hospice, I think I'll give the award to the hospice. But, but that said, I like the case that I make when people at you know say the arts don't have value or whatever is that I think that one of the things that the arts also has is that it's at the intersection of a lot of things that governments care, right? <laughs> so it's like the f- for with Theater by the Bay, it's downtown activation. People are going to go for dinner before they see a show or go yes. for a drink after. They're going to park, presumably. You know, there's that part, which, which governments fight it for. Youth engagement and mental health, you know. On a broad scale, that is something that they care about. So if, and the arts are really valuable at that. Like you mentioned, I think it was Josh in the Arts Awards who mentioned that he wasn't a hockey kid. He needed yeah. To, you know, so like those kinds of things are really, really important. Tourism. Arts can be at the heart of tourism, which is another thing that governments care about. So it's kind of up to like arts managers to to make that case because those are taking these intangible results and also just that art should have value in and of itself, like these kinds of things. Um, but then putting it through the lens that, that makes sense to them and that is a bit of an easier, more tangible sell. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's great points. Do you have any advice for anyone interested in either like going from acting to more of an arts management piece or just anyone in general trying to get into this space? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, well, I guess one thing to say is that, uh, and I've seen this across the board, this isn't just a me thing, 
Like artistic directors and arts leaders will always make the time for a coffee or whatever. Mm. If they can. So if there's a company that like you, t- like obviously do your research before you, you know, don't just scattershot email, like do your research. But if there are companies that you're interested in potentially getting involved with and you have an interest in sort of arts management, like ask for a meeting and nine times out of 10, unless they're really busy or they're literally in rehearsal from 10 until six or whatever, they will, they will make that time for you and answer questions. Um, and, and that, that's a great way to kind of just get a sense of like, is this something that you're interested in? You know, is this a person that you could see yourself working for? Um, that kind of thing. So I think that's always a great place to, to start. Um, Yeah, and start kind of doing some research into who is out there in your community um, and, and, yeah, I don't know, potentially shadow or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, There's also, you know, like community theaters really are the foundation, like a strong community theater community is the foundation of a healthy theater ecosystem. I really Mm -hmm. believe um, and they're always looking for people to have support at upper levels. You know, it's all volunteer driven, right? So if you just even want to dabble and potentially like support as a producer on a show um, and learn if that's something you're interested in, reach out to your local community theaters and see if you can help out with that. Obviously, it wouldn't pay, but it could give you that chance to to make something that you leave at the very least leave, hopefully being very proud of. And at the most, say, oh, this is actually something I want to do. And this community theater company has built all these guardrails in place to help me succeed in a way that if I tried to do it on my own, I wouldn't be able. So those are kinds of the two things. I. Yeah, that's so helpful. Do you have any favorite moments from your time, not just in theater by the bay, just but just in your theater career? Oh, yeah. There's so many. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I yeah, there's so many. I mean, the first thing that I did out of school was a production of uh Romeo and Juliet um that we did at a brewery in Port Perry and it was <laughs> myself and all these classmates uh that we just got together and like we reversed in in um the 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 project lead Landon Doke like his like condos, you know, party room or whatever. We just reversed there. And it was such a fun experience. Um, the whole process was, and we ended up like selling out like the entire run. It was just, it was just this magical moment and this, and this real launch that really fueled me. I think that's cool though. Um, but on the theater by the Bayside, the story I, I bring up um, is, so we did this show called the Cenotaph God. And this kind of ties into a little bit tirelier story about like, community back but there's we did the show called the cenotaph project where we worked with um several eastview secondary school students to research names on the cenotaph and develop scenes and monologues that kind of thing and then we we handed all that raw material to a local playwright danielle joy kostrich um who kind of built a show out of it and infused her own kind of thing into that um and uh so the the run of the show happens and we cast some of those Eastview kids that were involved in the development in the show. So they got to see it all the way through. It's really cool. Um, on the last, and so in, a, in one of the sort of subplots of the show was that one of these 
students um, uh, wanted to research the the sister of one of the soldiers on the cenotaph instead of the name the person on the cenotaph. And in their sort of magical scene, um, uh, she create this this character creates this scene where uh, the sister gets to have a chat with her brother who died in the war and tell her all about all the amazing things that happened in her life that he unfortunately had to miss out on it because he died overseas. Um, and in the and anyway, so the the actor who played that student who was one of these Eastview students did some research and it found out that she, the actual real sister care like person was still alive. So we invited her to the show for the closing performance. And so this real person got to see this scene between herself played by this young actress and like her brother who really died overseas in this magical moment where he, she got to tell him all the amazing things that happened to her life. There was not a dry eye in the house. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was remarkable. Like we could barely hold it together. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it just, it really drives home what we do as a company, what we're capable of doing as a company. And, and, changed those young kids life like they they'd never it was their first professional show and like what a show oh my they built in from an idea all the way to to that and they did all this research you know and and were just so deep poured all their hearts and souls into it and it was so clear on stage and yeah it was really um it was really really magical oh that is so incredible Again, the power of theater, ho- holy crow, like to be able to, again, viscerally see that and like connect with the real person. Oh my God, <laughs> look at the goosebumps. That's insane. I don't think there's a, there's, there's nothing else that could do that. Nothing. No, no, not in the same way. No. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really, yeah. And then the, and the energy in the room, like it was just, um, yeah, it was really, really, really powerful. Really bad. Yeah, I'll never, ever forget that. No. Never. Is there anything that you're looking forward to coming up? Oh, yeah, so much I'm looking forward to. So, uh, I mean, I the, the now, our next big project is uh, Ice. Mm-hmm. This, this uh, was uh, actually a silver lining of the pandemic, how this all came about. So Vern Thiessen, who's uh, the playwright, he's a Governor General's award-winning playwright, which is one of the highest honors a Canadian artist can receive. Um, And, uh, you know, we got all this educational funding in March of 2020. Like, our biggest grant ever was to support developing educational program for Cynthia County Arts. Anyway, but then the pandemic happened and and everything had to go online. And uh, the, the, the... the great part of that was that suddenly everyone in Canada was an option to teach and everyone was available because everyone lost the job. <laughs> so, so I, so we emailed Vern and uh, like, and I was like, Hey, do you want to do a workshop with us? And he said, yeah, absolutely. He had never heard of us before. He didn't know what we did or whatever, but he, so he did a playwriting workshop and we kind of kept in touch. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> at one point during a zoom call, he was like, you know, Ian, one of these days I'm going to have to write a play about Simcoe County. And I was like, Vern, like, what are you talking about? Like, we could never afford 
Like, don't don't play with my heart like that. And he was like, no, you know, it's not really like about that so much, you know, like I really think what Theater by the Bay is doing is really special and I'd love to to work with with you guys on some. So I was like, holy crap. So I sent in my big list of ideas because I have this big list of all ideas. Um, so I sent him this big list and he was like, and I had the title Iceman. I had that like locked in kind of from even before I talked to Bolt. And so, and he was like, oh, I like this Iceman idea. So that we got chatting and this idea of like, you know, a show set in the, the depression, just as artificial refrigeration was starting to take over jobs, you know, like this, like it all kind of clicked into this very modern, uh, in this very modern contemporary way. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then that's, that's that, that was, you know, two, three years ago that all happened and it's, uh, it's almost here and I get to direct it. I've been a fan of Vern's work since I was 16 years old. Like I saw his production of Shakespeare's will at Stratford and it basically changed my mind about Canadian theater. Cause I was such a snob, such a door, but basically, you know, at the time, I was like a one woman show about Shakespeare's wife by a Canadian playwright. Like how good could this possibly be? And then I left and I was like, that's the best thing Stratford's ever done. Oh, you know, so, so for, so for that, you know, that to be working on the world premiere of, of a show by Vern that he wrote for like my theater. Yeah. is pretty, is pretty special. So I'm really looking forward to, to that. Um, and I don't know, you know, if this is coming out while Bobby's running, but Bobby is great. It's really, really wonderful. So yeah, those are things. When does Iceman come out? Uh, November 1st to the 12th. Got it. I'll put all the details in the show notes below. Do you have any final words of wisdom or advice? Um, well, you know, since this is about, since your podcast is about actors, uh, I guess, um, you know, stay, stay curious, um, you know, do research really like find out who's out there. Uh, don't be afraid to introduce yourself. You know, um, I love when actors submit them. Like, you know, this is probably bad to say, but I love when actors submit themselves instead of like through, through these massive agent listings mm-hmm. where it's like this binder full of people that we have to go through. You know, um, so, so I don't know, all those things are like, yeah, just get to know the company and that will help you a lot. Um, and just keep, you know, keep exploring what your why is, you know, Mm. why, why does, why does theater or film or whatever matter to you? And, you know, hold on to that because as we all know, in this industry, there are days that are tough. There are periods that are tough, um, and it's really having a strong why and and a and a love for it that transcends basically anything else that's going to keep you uh, going. So that's what I'd say. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Ian, for being my guest this week. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule to share your story with me and with my listeners. Oh, His schedule is so busy because he's creating incredible art, folks. Please go check out Iceman and all the other incredible work that Theatre by the Bay and Ian that they are doing up there in Barrie. And I say up there 
It ain't very far away, folks. It's not far. You get on the GO train from Union and it takes you right to Barry. Go support our local theater productions, our local theater groups. Do it, do it, do it. This is the art that we need to be creating in this world that is literally a dumpster fire. So thank you, Ian, for all the work that you're doing. I will get off my soapbox now. Can you all tell how much of a fan I am of this wonderful human being that you just listened to? He's amazing. I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. 